Welcome to another episode of Live Hey, it's a new season. Hello. I think this is season 11. Season 11? Wow. Season 12. Season 12. Isn't that more seasons than Friends? That's the bench for a lot of it. Wow. I'll take your word for that. I don't know. I know The Office has um, nine seasons, The American Office. No, Let's not start that conversation. Okay. Welcome to a new season. American. <laughs> Welcome to well. a new season of. A series. What? Are you called a series? Not Americans, are we? <laughs> Welcome to a new season. <laughs> Welcome to a new thing of uh, Live Lunch, uh, Series 12, Season 12, which I yes. think, whatever you want to call it. Um, but. Matt, we we oh, welcome Matt Davis. Hello, Matt Davis leads our showroom site, and it's good to have you with us, Matt Davis. Thank you. Uh, was, has some interesting stories to share with us, including a conversation he had with one of his uh, no, congregation. No, no. <laughs> no, okay, if you're watching this and you're a treat, no, give no. Matt a phone call and ask. No, right. Come on, Who's in And if Matt, sh- if Matt Carver's shutting me down, you know it's a good story. Yeah. Um, but Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Carver, why do we do a series? We are, we're starting a new preaching series yeah. at Emmanuel's. We're doing a new series of live lunch. What's our new series called? Just to point out, we don't have any artwork for the new series, Surprise. delay in postage, but it should be with us for next week. Right. Well, we are picking up um, the book of Genesis again. So we've done, this is the third series <laughs> that we've done on uh, Genesis. And we're picking up where we left off. Our ambition is to finish, well, probably the whole Bible now, Genesis uh, at some point soon. Um, but we, as we often do, try to do all the time here at Manual is take the Bible seriously, go through it slowly, make sure we're getting everything that we can out of it. In, in fact, we could go much slower, slower than we even are now. Um, uh, but it's such a helpful book for showing how the, the sort of big story of the Bible is played out in individual lives. And so this um, series we've called The Promise Endures. Uh, and it's about how the promise that God made to Abraham that he, his, him and his family would be blessed and through that family the blessing would come to the whole world and that's the sort of, the, hmm. many ways the, 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 Christian, the Christian story and the, the Christian promise of God with his people. Um, and so after, in the previous series, looking at Abraham and his life, mm-hmm. we're picking up with his children and how the promise weaves through their lives as well. Uh, and so, well, we'll get into it in a minute, but um, Neville will be preaching on Sunday, sort of yeah. helping us to get hold of actually the promises that we have Absolutely. in God that fulfill in Christ. How is that? impact our lives we've called it the promise endures because after God makes these incredible promises to Abraham about being a blessing to the world you see the story of Isaac and Jacob and it's almost like we do the best that we can to destroy those promises and take that away from uh, from being fulfilled but yet it endures and then it comes to Jesus and the church and the rest of the world and I think in our own lives we can feel like well Am I called to something special? Am I called to something significant? Um, I've been called to be a blessing to the world, but my life seems quite, I guess, mediocre or simple. Or there's this stuff going on in my life which is making it hard to be a good Christian. But God is faithful, mm. and His promises will endure. Yeah, so, I think that, that that big theme of the faithfulness of God, absolutely. And the grace of God, weaving through mm. the ups and downs and the grittiness of real life and so you know mm. when we go through Genesis there's not many great characters and very flawed characters yeah. um, and so it's just a sort of testimony of how God 
his purposes in our lives work through the messiness mm. of our situation, mm. which mm. is the mm. same for all of us. And we have vultures. We have vultures, yeah. <laughs> in the artwork. Not, not live vultures. No. Have they got so names, those vultures? <laughs> Maybe we should bring in live vultures. Yeah. Brainstorming session right there. If you have a pet vulture and would be up for <laughs> why the vultures? Okay. Let's give some context to that. Why are they vultures? Because I, th- I thought it was a, like a life and death, yeah. weaving through the life and this. So vultures represent the death. Death, decay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decay. Yeah. That's a vulture's favourite snack, isn't it? Decay. So yeah. What? So, that's a vulture's favourite snack. They always hang around dead things. Yeah. Pretty sure. See, I, I think I think it's, it's really stark because sometimes life can feel so um, there's so much despair in your life and you've been thinking like man the vultures are circling this situation is dead mm. uh, and yet mm. there's the promise of life and there's the promise of of, of thriving and there's the promise of bearing fruit mm. and so every Sunday mm. up front in our faces mm. hey life has been really hard over these past few years and it probably will carry on being hard um, but no God is God's promise and he's a faithful God so just yeah it's been a good reminder to me personally that mm. every Sunday I'm seeing those vultures and I'm seeing life and thinking nope I'm it's not going to focus on the vultures I'm going to focus on God's promise of life right so if you're not focusing on the vultures we probably shouldn't bring live Sorry. vultures into the world so. that's a good point probably not maybe we bring a tree we could bring a tree <laughs> anyway, anyway we digress um, shall I give a summary of what yeah. said Sunday specifically do that into it. yeah the devil was preaching we've got to uh, Genesis chapter 25 and so we're looking at Esau and Jacob and how Esau just makes this crazy, seemingly crazy decision uh, to just throw away uh, his birthright, the, 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 the rights of the, the firstborn son, to sort of inherit everything uh, from his father Isaac. Um, and he's just like, well, just treats it with contempt, uh, really. And um, Jacob is, I guess, more crafty and, more, and sort of tries to... Uh, manipulate situation although the passage doesn't really focus on him too much um, but all, but is keen to get hold of mm. this blessing this promise this inheritance that, that he sort of doesn't really doesn't really value mm. uh, and so Neville has helpfully sort of set out three different um, titles I suppose um, aspects of the story first uh, we've got um, lust or impulsiveness mm. that, that Esau demonstrates in his wanting wanting something in the now when it's a lentil stew in this in this case which is disappointing we didn't have that today but can't believe it that's some it's very disappointing we almost stomped out anyway but intense desire secondly uh, false false narrative um which is something i'm sure we can get into questions about that all of us are prone to think things and invent a, a story, a way of interpreting situation, and um, Esau certainly certainly does that and um, over dramatizes. Over dramatizes the uh, the, the situation, mm. um, and then and then spirit, spiritual blindness as well. Esau is definitely uh, exemplifying that in terms of he doesn't recognize the significance of what he's throwing away. Mm. Like if he did, he would never throw it away. Mm. And Jacob sees something uh, of this promise mm. uh, and wants to get hold of it by any means possible. Mm. Um, but the application for us thinking for those of us who are who are Christians. 
being clear on who Christ is and what mm. we have in mm. him mm. and having that um, truth shape mm. our lives. And thinking, you know, yeah. Have we yeah. seen Christ, the endless riches of mm. him? Are we shaping our lives to be satisfied by, by him and those things? Mm. That will take us away from these um, impulsive decisions or mm. stupid decisions or grabbing onto the now too tightly um, that's that's ultimately harmful to us. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I just just to add to that, I think I think it's uh, one perhaps a good starting point would be um, just to consider that these feelings that we that we have that Neville touched on, um, they are their desire, and you know if we believe that God knows us and made us, then those desires are God given. Mm. It's it's how we handle those desires and and how we channel those desires. It's a bit like building a fire. Uh, outside of a fireplace is a bit crazy you know let's let's put the fire back in the fireplace mm. and so you know when it comes to to impulsivity um there's a there's a there's a warning there isn't there that mm. actually this is a good desire i am feeling hungry you know mm. feeling hungry for esau was obviously a fierce thing because he's been working hard all day and mm. he wants to satisfy that um it's just it's just the timing and what he's prepared to to let go of mm. Um, to satisfy that 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 craving is is his issue. It feels like a lifestyle decision, isn't it? Because yeah. when you you don't just wake up one morning and throw away your birthright or make a, a key mm. decision. Mm. I guess you you build up to it, don't you? You as you said, it's not valuing what his inheritance was, mm. and he's probably in his forties. He's probably gone through his teenage years, his twenties, his thirties, his early forties, not really valuing God, not really valuing the promise that he'd been, mm. that was his, mm. and he, he could have been the man, um, his family could have been the the family, yeah. for it and and changed history, and yet he 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 saw, well he didn't see, what was on offer. Uh, mm. And I guess it, it probably he must have made loads of bad decisions building up to this one spectacular bad decision, which seemed to have a permanent effect. He couldn't get back mm. his birthright, and I, and and so for me, it's it's just a mm. constant reminder. It's just being faithful in the small decisions, mm. so that you you don't you build up towards when the big opportunity comes your way, you seize it and you grab it, yeah, uh, mm. and and you aren't throwing away what you have. Yeah, I think it's just a constant reminder to know your life, focus your life, focus on your life, focus on, on getting, you know, saying no to the, the small little sins, the small little temptations. So you know, when the big temptation comes away, you've you've yeah. built in a lifestyle of saying no, and saying no, I'm not going to choose this lust or this satisfaction. I'm going to choose, uh, the promises of God and pursue mm. that. Mm. And yeah, mm. I think if I was, if I was being a bit cruel, um, you you could say. I mean, Esau is typical of millennial thinking. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. Um, certainly, in terms of what the, the what culturally yeah. we're encouraged to do, because what does he what does he do there? He chooses the now, but also rejects the fa- family, mm. rejects an mm. external um, sense of what should be mm. and what is right and what the story is all about mm. he rejects that he doesn't mm. want he despises the birthright but it's mm. not just mm. about blessing it's about actually fitting into that mm-hmm. and it's clear that he's carving his own narrative or wants his own narrative i want yeah. to do things my way mm. i've got these things that i'm interested in in terms of hunting in terms of mm. satisfaction mm. food and mm. it goes into that 
And I think this this is like a real sort of reflection on like culturally, I think Western culture right now mm. is because that's so many of those themes are, are still going on. And we're all, we're all prone to it. We're all prone to think, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if I have desires, they must be right. <laughs> we're, we're very quick yep. to criticize any sense of external uh, someone saying this is the right way to live or this is how you should slot into society. Mm-hmm. Now some of the, that, they, some of them are wrong, but mm-hmm. we're very quick to criticize that, mm. but we're very slow to criticize our own desires. Yeah. If I have this desire, it must be right. Mm. Whether that's what I want to do with my life, whether that's who I fall in love with, if I have a desire, it must be right. Mm. And that is, that's, a, that's a very mm. common thing. Yeah. The gospel does not allow us to think in that. that so way. would you say in some ways, Gen Z have got it correct? Where they want to fit in, where does, how does my life fit into a much broader societal narrative uh, and focus less on my personal responsibility and the decisions I make? So, for instance, now, yeah. as long as you subscribe to the right political opinions, you're okay. Nobody cares about the decisions you made in your life. Well, the answer, no, of course it's not one is right and one, one is wrong. I think different, different generations are yeah. prone to um, anti-gospel thinking in, di- in different ways. Yeah, because there would, there would be, uh, in other generations, a sense of, yes, if you have this opinion, this opinion, this opinion, yeah. then God is on your side. Mm, yes. And mm. I think you're much, I think, well, I think that happens in younger generations as well, mm, from a Christian yeah, yeah. perspective thinking, right, Jesus' teaching equals this political standpoint. Or yeah. I think probably both are guilty of that, but that is certainly, yeah. other generations would be guilty of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that it, all externals are bad, or internal feelings-based mm-hmm. ways of living life are bad either. I think what it is, is we have to critique both yeah. through the gospel, through the gospel yeah. lens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of our desires are good. <laughs> it's not all internal yeah. desires yeah. are wrong. Yeah. But it's like, do these fit in with what Christ calls us to mm. or not? That's the question. Isn't not ultimately mm. whether, like, so my desire to love someone, my desire um, for pleasure, my desire and um, uh, ambition, you know, those can all be channeled in a great way for the glory of God. Of course they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you, you know, submit them yeah. to Christ it seems like a beautiful coming together of the two because I, I think what you were saying about how millennials can focus about me and my desires and not really care about the broader sweep of history or the the grand scheme of things so to speak but Gen Z would focus more on uh, is the world heading in the right direction yeah. are we making it a better place for future generations and would take less responsibility for their own um passions yeah. like their personal see so, so I guess my example would be um, at the moment a person would be judged based on their worldview mm-hmm. and not so much about their personal decisions mm-hmm. so like for instance in, in, I guess in a, in a really shallow way um, okay probably more controversial Elon Musk buying Twitter yeah to, to allow for free speech that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what the focus is there's less focus on his personal life yeah, and the decisions yeah. he's made uh, how faithful has he been to his spouse is he a good yeah. father yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, besides interesting names for his kids, what, what is he doing with his kids and, and, and that kind of thing. And I think we were saying, you know, that both are, both are really important. Uh, you know, how do you fit into this big promise uh, and and being a part of God's people and, and the inheritance that we are to be a blessing to the world and the nations through the church. But also, you are responsible for every decision that you make. Yeah. And we can't detach the two. Yeah. yeah. Is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, um, and you're kind of getting at there, are you saying about we judge on what we do and our opinions rather than our character and how yeah. we are and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think there's been a different emphasis yeah. between the millennials and, and Gen Z. Okay. So and I think mm-hmm. with, this, with this story, we're saying both are really important. It's how you fit in. It's your understanding of mm. the big, yeah. but also the small decisions that you make in your life. Yeah, yeah. Taking responsibility for this. Mm. Yeah, and I think because uh, like what what worries me is like when we, um, you know, when we encourage people to think of their life and what the decisions they make and what they do is like you've got to work out for yourself. And what I see people doing is like, well, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, and so I'm just going to Google that. <laughs> And like, look at us. Like, literally, we do that, or look at look at um, podcasts like this, or you know. Um, Thank you. YouTube. Look at other people who have completely no connection to them. Yes. Yes. And think, well, that I like what they are doing. Absolutely. I'm going to do that. But actually, that process has not actually involved any other person that's going to. You know, if you were asking that question, for example, and I know you. And for me to say, well, actually, no, this is what you are even like. You, yeah. This is this is what I see in you. This is the kind of things that actually you're good at. Mm. You know, you don't get that when you look at a YouTube video. You just get an aspirational thing. And people get set up for disappointment. So, oh, I can do that. It's like, wait a minute, that doesn't actually match with who God's made you to be, put yeah, yeah, yeah. it in spiritual terms. Um, but, and quite often you know nothing about that person's personal life yeah. the person who who you're who's oh, teaching just subscribing yeah, yeah, yeah. to you like mm. I don't even know what he's doing what he's doing behind closed doors outside of his public persona yeah. and I guess in some ways that's where the church is different is we're saying come grow but do it through community and do, do it through relationship and do it through being known and knowing and that's so true. even the, the guys who who teach us or the people that would teach us yes they are on a, on a platform and on the pulpit but I think there's a there's a deeper connection with them they aren't just these celebrities that we parachute in come and speak to us and then leave no you you have conversations Mm. with the people in your you want people to know Mm. you you want Mm. you have people Mm. to to eat with you and to eat with your family and and to Mm. see you do family and yeah nothing that's great absolutely yeah I was gonna say how how taboo topics change from generation to generation mm. don't they and getting involved in you know people's character feels a bit taboo mm. uh, in this in this day and age it feels like don't come near me you know but how are you saving the world what what's your yeah. what yeah. part, what part yeah. are you playing in recycling and you know don't come near my character that's 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 off limits mm. yeah we, let's get really practical as if yes. we've talked at very high level which which some are happy with are we still going this is Okay, so don't worry. Um, okay, we've had a technical snag, but we'll, we'll crack on. If you're still with us, great. It's, the audio is recording, so that's fine. Uh, Jess, you had a really good question for us, which kickstarted like a full-on yeah, conversation. Jess, like, Jess. Everybody, this is Jess, our producer. Jess makes live lunch happen. She also organizes food for us, which is wonderful. Thank Should you, Jess. Like flower pot today. Ah, thanks, flower pot. Um, yes, yeah, I had a question. So when we're talking about how... 
I guess we're all prone to going through different things in our lives there can be sins that come up but we're also blind to sometimes oh I am sinning I don't see that in my life but we're also a culture that are like very individual and it's kind of like you do you I do me and whatever but actually as Christians as brothers and sisters in Christ we're called to live by truth and by doing the best for one another it's kind of like we should be you know if we notice something in a brother and sister if they're doing something that we don't think is biblically right yeah. I guess my question in that is how can we in love call out a brother or sister if we're like actually you're, I've noticed this thing in you and you know I just don't really see that lining up with scripture but what kind of settings do you do that in how do you do that well mm. that is my question that's a great question I think that what you don't want to do is, is literally walk up to them with the scripture in your hand right? <laughs> yes. so, so for me it's like context Let, let's you know let, let's remind the brother and sister um, what they're connected to. Let's remind them that being part of the body of Christ is like this and it's like that. And we build one another up. We call one another out. That's, you know, do they believe that? Is that, do they realize that that's what they're connected to? Sometimes people need to experience that before they really get it, really understand it. No, no one particularly likes to be called out on anything, do they? No. But um, being able to do it, but setting the context for it, I think is really vital. Knowing People knowing that they're loved and knowing that the thing that you want to challenge them on or to, or to question about their lifestyle or their actions is gotta be, it's gotta be wrapped in the context of genuine care. Mm. And I think, I think it's um, in, important that we're known, I, I'll often talk about it on a Sunday morning that to be connected to community means uh, to know and to be known. You know, and those those two things are vital, mm-hmm. and um, for some people, both of those things are quite terrifying and scary because it does mean that we will come from time to time to places where we do need people to say, "Hey, you know, that doesn't look quite right." You know, let's look at the scripture together, and um, just in the, in the way that a builder builds, you know, old school builder builds with a plumb line, straight and true, and that's how we want to build our lives. Mm-hmm. And we use we use scripture. That, that's our plumb line. That's that's what informs us in our decisions and so you're not coming with your opinion you're not coming and saying hey um i think you're doing that wrong you should Mm. do it like this no you're saying hey you know scripture says this you know what does this line up um i want you to build straight like me i want you to help me build straight and so it's a it's a mutual thing rather than a you know yeah yeah this this topic kind of there's two two strands in in the message isn't it because one was about impulsiveness we're, mm. you know we're, all of us are, are prone to all of these things making a rash decision or a rush decision or mm. grabbing hold of something and also that false false narrative like we constantly are in conversation with people and things mm. happen and that sort of thing and people were, we instinctively interpret and make a narrative um, about something that's happened. Someone said something. Yeah. Oh, do they, what do they say? What do they, what do they mean? And we can take something very small yeah. and build a narrative mm. around that means that this is what they think and this is what I think and this is what should happen and that sort of thing. Um, and part of what's wonderful about Christian community is actually by speaking that out to one another that actually it helps us to avoid mm-hmm. that sense of false narrative now yeah. that we're not Im- immune to it. Um, but that's why community is important. I mean, we st- can we at least start our small groups th- this this week? And mm. one of the things I said on Sunday, it's like this is not just something that's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is like this is who we are. This yeah. is what it means yeah. to be a church to have people who are close, as you were saying, yeah. close enough to you who can 
see the silly things that you say and do and yeah. say, hey, that's not quite right. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we, because we, we all, we all need that. That's so good. Thank you for answering my question. Thanks. I guess the 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 going to the whole false narratives yeah. um, conversation. A, how do we know that we're living under false narrative? Yeah. And B, how do we change it? Yeah. Any thoughts? Jess, feel free to jump in as well. It's hard, isn't it? Because, um, when we're talking about false narratives, we're talking about a way of thinking that yeah. is not either not matching up to truth, as mm-hmm. in the, something that has literally happened or literally been said, mm-hmm. but also the truth, that we're not living in the gospel, the gospel narrative. And so I think mm-hmm. we're all... Uh, we're all prone to both, and I think I I know. Let's make it about me. <laughs> I know in my life. Yeah, things happen, and then you think, oh, this is you interpret it in that way, and then when you don't say how you're feeling, what happens? What happens to me is that goes around your head. Mm-hmm. It goes around my head. Mm-hmm. How could they say this? How do they think this? This yep. is, and, and, and again, Neville going to use the examples of this is a complete disaster or you mm. go to the extreme like everything's all broken and yeah. I don't know about you yeah. sometimes when when a couple of things go wrong or go not the way you want them to go mm. and you feel a bit down about it mm. and then you start to think of all the other things you yeah. try and get other things that have not mm-hmm. been quite right and you ram them in to justify yes. <laughs> that I'm just feeling rubbish about this now and I've got all these reasons to feel rubbish about yes. it yes. and it's a bit of it's a, it's, that's, that's self-deception yes. that is yes. that is changing reality yes. in, that goes on your head in yeah. order to yeah. justify yeah. being cross about something yeah. or yeah. to convince yourself that you were in the right and everyone else is wrong that's it I think the only way of getting free from that is to bring it to God and bring it to others. And I think yeah. both are important. We have yeah. to we wow. have to do we have to do both. It's yeah. not it's actually not sufficient to just say, God, I bring this to you. Because if you're anything like me, it'll just be a rehash of what you yeah. send you. Yeah. God, I'm you know, justify yeah. me. Yeah. God, isn't it so rubbish that these people are treating me this way yeah. and all yeah. etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but actually, someone who knows you, a Christian brother or sister, when you actually, and sometimes, I don't know about, again, don't know about you, but even in the speaking out of it, you realise, mm-hmm. they don't even have to say anything no, yet, no. you realise, <laughs> oh wait a minute, this is not quite what it was in my head. Yes. Yeah. But that process, and that's what the, the scripture encourages so much to do, is yeah. to speak it yeah. out, because actually, yeah. part of that is bring it to the light, mm-hmm. the light of the community, the that's light right. of the gospel, and you realise what it's for. And it's not that those issues are completely nothing, but they get yeah. to the right size, because <laughs> yeah. they get so big in our head, don't they? That's right, that's right. Usually three in the morning. They're, like, yeah. they're yes. absolutely massive, aren't they? Three in the morning. Um, I, you're right. I, I do think you know, being a being have, having someone close to you, um, a trusted brother or sister or, or spouse or family member, to be able to say, look, this is how I'm feeling about it, and just to uh, allow them to to point out um, how the, the, the I guess the, the magnitude, or, or should we say, you know, you've got a magnifying glass on this mm. thing. It's, it's all out of proportion. Um, and you realise sometimes you're folly, but but um, yeah. But I think I think it's. Um, I mean, the narrative thing, Matt. We're probably going to talk about the blindness thing, are we? Are we talking about that yet? Yeah, we haven't yet. And, and it's and it's um, what the issue with Esau is that he didn't see what his brother could see. Mm. He hadn't appreciated the value of his inheritance. Um, and um, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because I'm like, wow, what a miss. 
um, that guy has really blown it in that sense yeah. um, and realises eventually but I, but I think you know Jacob obviously could see the value of something worth having this inheritance and Esau just couldn't see it why? spiritually blind mm. um, and we're all prone to it you know so yeah vital Hmm. Though I guess in, in this instance, it was more Rebecca who saw it rather than Jacob and Esau. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I think again, yeah, yeah. godly mothers who look out yes. for us and take care yes. of us in church are just so important. Yes. Did you hear that? Godly mothers, lots of them in church hmm. life. Thank you. <laughs> so that we'll return to that in, in a couple of weeks' time, I think, when we're talking about how Isaac blesses Jacob rather yeah. than Esau. Hmm. So we'll, 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 we'll pick that up as well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we draw things into a play? Yeah, I mean, we could have done mm. another half an hour on the whole false narratives things, but we have run out of time. Uh, yeah, we've run out of time, haven't we? Yeah, let's... let's, let's, let's yeah. God, because, I say that, because usually at this point you say, what's coming up next week? And I go, oh, I don't know what's coming up next week. <laughs> but you do know what's going on <laughs> next week, yeah. Hey. So, uh, I feel we should get to it. What's going on next <laughs> week, well, man? The only reason I know it is because I'm doing the message. <laughs> 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 they got to this point in the week where they didn't know what was happening, but we should all be worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> we are returning to Isaac specifically. So we've been talking about Isaac's kids. Um, but we're returning to Isaac and how he follows in a pattern of Abraham before him hmm. uh, in terms of he's facing famine um, and then he's facing sort of opposition from people. Uh, this is in Genesis 26 and it's all mm-hmm. about how, well, the big theme about how God's faithfulness and God's promise to him and God hmm. a covenant to him and about how, how we face adversity uh, and how God speaks to us uh, through that. That's what Brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Well, looking forward to to your talk on Sunday then. Thanks so much so for joining much. us. And Jess, we need another recording off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.